Jesus given as the Prince of Peace. That's not just a peace, end of conflict, the end of, end of wars. It is a, is a reconciling peace. It's a peace that's beyond understanding, a peace that rules and reigns in one day uh, for all those who have trusted in him and have bowed the knee to that king, to that prince. Peace will reign forever and ever and ever. I loved the, the twist on the words of that traditional hymn that we sang there at the end. It's a reminder that you know, Jesus' call, he came by the will of the Father to, to bring us, to bring the broken, the weary, the wounded, the poor, the needy, and the unfaithful to restore us into relationship with his Father. The gift of Christmas is really for all of us who recognize that we have been unfaithful before him and that we need his faithfulness in order to be restored to him. That Christmas is all about hope for the hopeless, pardon for the guilty, healing for the sin sick, freedom as we sang that first song, freedom for the prisoner, and restoration for the broken. Speaking of broken, ever have one of those clay jars that you put plants in? You ever drop one? You know what happens? Yes, exactly right. I need some help. Y'all want, can y'all help me? Yeah, come on up here. Yeah, come on up here. Don't be, don't be shy. Yeah, you can come on up, come on up here. But you, well, you don't have to. I mean, just, I'm not going to bite you. I promise. It's one of these jars. Here, and I need some help. Yeah, you see what happened? Uh, can y'all help me? Can y'all help put it to back together? Here. Here, I got, here you go, I got glue. No, no, this is tape. This is good stuff right here. Super glue. Here you go. What do you think? Now, what do you think? Am I? Hmm. What do you think? This might take a while, you know. Going to need a lot more tape. You think it's, uh, you know, that's that's really about it. Let me see here. Hmm. You know. What did you do to break it? You know, it it it. I dropped it on the concrete in my uh, garage. Here, let me help you. I'll hold this one. Well, that, you know what? This, I think this is impossible. It's not going to work. Let's just pick it back in here. I'll tell you what. Hey, thank y'all. That was a valiant effort. It's impossible. Okay. Well, you know, and that's, there's some truth in this. All of us are broken, as the song said, in, in needy. We're like clay jars that have fallen and um, are in a bunch of pieces. And as hard as we might try, you know, we can, we'll pull out our tape and, you know, even glue, but it, it's just not going to be the same. We cannot fix it in our own effort. We need, we need a miracle. We need 
We need divine intervention. That's what Christmas is about. Where God sends his son on a rescue mission to heal and do the, what we cannot do as broken people. We can't put ourselves back together. What's that old rhyme? Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall and he had a great fall. They tried and they tried, but they could not put him back together. That's, that's, that's you and that. Our spiritual state is a broken clay jar beyond repair. But the wonders of God's love intervene. 1 John 4, 9 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In the beginning of the first Sunday of this month, December, we've, we've been looking at the wonders of God's love, all kind of walking through parts of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was written about seven hundred years before the birth of Christ but it shows and predicts with incredible detail and prophetic accuracy of the coming of a child who would be a king a savior and a prince the first week of December we saw in Isaiah chapter 7 that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son and his name would be called Emmanuel God with us. The virgin would conceive. How does that happen? And bear a son. The son would be fully God, 100% divine. He would be fully man, 100% flesh. He would ultimately give his life so that all who trusted in him as Savior and King would one day dwell with God forever. Emmanuel. The second week of December, we saw and we jumped a couple of chapters to Isaiah chapter 9. And we saw that for unto us, a, a child would be given to us. A child would be born and his name would be called. And he was given four incredible, beautiful pairs of names. Wonderful counselor, wonderful divine wisdom. He was the mighty God. Again, God, divine power. He was the everlasting father, the one who would care for us, divine care, and the prince of peace, as we saw this pink candle lit, divine restoration. And last week we saw, we jumped a couple more chapters to chapter 11, that the child would come from the, from the lineage of Jesse. Who in the world is Jesse? Well, Jesse was the father of King David. And all the way down, David had a son who had a son who had a son all the way down to Joseph who had a son whose name was Jesus. Jesus came from royal lineage. And our passage said that God's spirit would rest upon him, giving him wisdom and, and understanding and insight, power and, and knowledge. He would bring justice and righteousness to the poor and the, and the lowly. And it's, the king of all kings. He will one day establish a kingdom that once again resembles that garden of Eden, of Eden, unstained by sin. We saw the picture of a lion and a wolf playing together. The 
lion, or it's actually the wolf and the, yeah, and the, and a lamb, a leopard and a young goat. We saw even a little child being placed by the cobra hole and not even worrying about it. Beautiful picture of complete peace. And the knowledge of the glory of God would fill the earth as water covers the sea. Now, this morning we jump several more chapters into Isaiah chapter 42. We'll see the prophetic voice once again pointing to a Savior who would bring forth this morning an incredible restoration. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Isaiah chapter 42. It's about midway in your Bible psalm. You can just move over to the right a little bit more. Get to Jeremiah. You've gone too far. Isaiah chapter 42. One is two. two verses one through nine. Isaiah 42, beginning in verse one. Whom I uphold, my, my chosen in whom my soul delights. This is God speaking. And he says, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or, or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burned wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and, and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. He says, I am the Lord. I have called you, speaking of the servant, have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you, and I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carve idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And 700 years later, these very words begin to spring forth. This section of Isaiah is, is known as uh, a servant song. There are four servant songs in the book of, of Isaiah. This is, the, this is the first one. They speak of a of a servant, of a servant. They'll use that language and you'll, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll see, see it there in all of, all of these songs. This, some believe that the servant is the, the, the people of Israel. Others believe that it's the remnant of Israel. But on this side of the cross, as we read this, we see that this, this servant is, is the one born in a manger. He is he's Jesus. He is one of the other songs, the suffering servant who would go to a cross and give his life for us. Consistent with the other prophetic passages, this child, this son, this shoot, and now this servant, they all point to Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is this servant, the son sent by God. Philippians 2, 6 through 7 says, Who though, speaking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So what does he do? He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I want to highlight two things in our passage today. We'll see the mission, the servant's mission, one as on a mission of justice, and then lastly, a mission of restoration. Let's begin by looking at the servant's mission of justice. Our passage begins, if you notice there, it says this, behold, it has this contrast. If you were to just look back one verse, chapter 41, it says, behold, they are all a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their metal images are empty wind. He's, he's speaking about the, 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 the people who are worshiping idols. And they're just, like, they're just nothing. They are worthless. These, these people and their idols, they, they cannot reach God. They're just made handmade ornaments. They have no breath, no power. They can't bring hope. They can't rescue. They can't save. They can't restore brokenness in the relationship with people and with God. They're like, just like an empty wind. Then you get to verse 1, chapter 42, and it just, it breaks in like light flooding into the darkness when God says, Behold my servant. These things, these other things, they're just empty, void. Behold, look, servant. Friends, in all of the busyness, the commercialism, the distractions, and all the empty winds that can accompany the Christmas season, I think we need to heed these words. We need to stop and, and look. Behold him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord, the servant. I know some of you here today, and you've, you're, you're here, uh, you've lost a, a, a loved one. And it's, it's a, you know, I'm glad you're here. We want to come to him and behold him, the one who heals, the one who encourages, the one who upholds us. Some of you have gone through very difficult and struggling times. Hear these words. Behold him. Behold Christ. And then see how God shows his wondrous love toward his son. We hear in our passage, it says that he's held strongly by God and chosen by God. And Jesus, God places his delight and pleasure. God sets his Spirit upon him, the servant. And we see this affirmed. Remember when Jesus was baptized, the, the sky opens up and the, what, the dove, the spirit, came down and rest, rested upon Jesus. And, and then the voice from heaven, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. God was pleased to send his son and empower him with his spirit to bring forth, our passage says, justice for the nations. Jesus comes on this mission of justice. 
And again, this, this isn't the kind of justice that maybe we think about and you hear about in the news or documentaries that we read on today in our society. No, this is a, an infinitely more expansive and transformative justice. I think sometimes we, we think of justice as fairness or equity or maybe even yeah, Jesus, he will bring that and he will make that right. But, but it's, it's much more, way more. If you look around our world today and you see the things that, I mean, there's wars, there's struggles, there's dictators, things are not right. If you just look in our nation, though there's many good things happening, still there are things that are just not right. If you look around at our systems, our even in our neighborhoods, our homes, our relationships, as if you look inward at your own life, you can see that that things are not right. You know, when sin entered the world through that first sin in the garden, the sin of Adam. The pandemic effects of that sin were, I mean, catastrophic. I mean, enmity, injustice, cruelty, brokenness, strife, war, disease, death, destruction, and more. All of it just invaded our world and each of our lives. Sin is vicious and cruel. It breeds selfishness and pride and envy, which leads really to hopelessness, a loss of joy, a loss of peace. Things of which our world, our society, our systems all cry out. The servant Jesus came to make all things right all things right. He comes on a mission of divine judgment, not judgment, justice, divine justice, and he will once and for all deal with the curse of sin. He will deal with every aspect of it. Never again will death and disease rob us of our loved ones. Prejudice, hatred, and racism will be vanquished. Self-centeredness, greed, vainglory will be silenced. All things, all things will be made right. We sing that hymn, Joy to the World, and one of the verses says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. To make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. The sins and sorrows of the curse are like thorns that cover the ground. But Jesus is going to come. He's come. He has come. And he will come again and demolish the curse. He will make all things right. He will bring about peace, justice. Servant's mission will, our passage says, it's not going to be boisterous and loud. It will not be filled with pomp and pageantry. No, Jesus will come humbly and quietly. He would come into our world by way of an obscure manger. He'd become a simple carpenter, 
we were watching um, The Chosen um, several weeks back. We had just, just started it. And I, and I love Jesus is with some of the kids. You know, have, how many of you have seen that one? And he's carving little, little, little wood trinkets and things, and he's giving them to these kids. And just a, a simple carpenter. He would show care. He would show love and compassion to the, to the downtrodden, to the weary, the bruised reed, and the barely flickering candle. He would love on. Our servant would be faithful in his mission. He would not falter from it until it was complete. Friends, maybe this Christmas season you feel the, those, the acute effects of of sin and injustice. The loss, again, a loss of a loved one, the battle of a disease, the bitterness of a relationship loss, the unfairness at work or school, the dysfunction at home. Behold the servant Jesus. The servant is Jesus and he brings divine justice. And because of his birth, we as his followers can have hope knowing Friends, knowing that all things one day will be made right. Imagine a world where you didn't have that. Imagine if Jesus had not come and death was it. Brokenness was all we have. Behold, this Christmas, behold him, the servant on a mission to make all things right in you and me. That brings joy. That brings hope. But not only was he on a mission of justice, he was on a mission of restoration. Beginning there in verse 5, we see the, again these wonders of love of God expressed in Jesus Christ. He had already upheld him and chose him, delighted in him, and put his spirit upon him. Now the God of all creation calls Jesus in righteousness or perfect rightness he guides him with his hand in other words God has a, a plan to restore our broken relationship with, with him and he is guiding and guarding his son Jesus in every step of this, of this mission and Jesus is carrying out that will carrying out that mission and he does it perfectly and I love the wording here in verse Verse 6, God gives the servant as a covenant for the people and a light for the nations. A covenant for the people and a light for the nations. Covenant's all about promise and relationship. You know, when Angela and I got married um, back in June 7th, 1991, yeah, we were... Um, 10 and 11. <laughs> nope. But by God's grace, we entered into a covenant with one another. We made vows and we, we hold to that covenant until death separates us. Or by His grace. Our love and our relationship and our faithfulness are bound together in covenant. The birth of a child in Bethlehem was a gift from God to us. And 
Jesus would be the covenant between God and his people. God would give him as a covenant, as a, as a promise. Christmas is about a, a mission of restoration and promise. Our hopelessness and broken relationship with God would be restored by the gift of Jesus and held together not with tape, not even with gorilla glue. It's just not going to do it. It's held together by an eternal covenant, Jesus himself. And that covenant can never be broken. And Jesus is also a light of the nations. There in verse 7, it, we see how this, what this light is like. The eyes of the blind are opened. You know, I've never, obviously I've never been blind. A blind person never sees light. They're born blind. They've, they've never experienced and seen light. The blind lives perpetually in darkness. Imagine that. Every second of life to never see light. The prisoner that's thrown into the depths of the dungeon. The dungeons back in those days, deep down in there, there were awful places. There was no light in the dungeon. Maybe they would see a a torch being brought in every once in a while when the guard would bring some food or they would never see the light of day they were in continual darkness darkness and despair but Jesus' mission of restoration is to open the eyes of the blind and to set the prisoner free Jesus is that chain breaker that we sang about he sets us free. He brings us into the light of day. He opens our eyes to see the light of his glory and grace. This restoration isn't just a physical opening of the eyes. It is a spiritual restoration, I think, which is even more incredible. In John 8, 12, it says, Jesus, he spoke to them. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I invite you to come back tonight. We're going to talk about light and this specific phrase, the light of life. John 12, 46 says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. May not remain in darkness. Friends, all of us, all of us were blind. All of us were in that dungeon, spiritual dungeon. We had all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, his, his standard. And we were forever doomed in darkness. And we had no way out. We had no way out. Like that But out of immense love, a special kind of love, God saw us and he sent his son. And Jesus came, was born in that, in that manger humbly as a servant. He would walk those years without sin, enabling him to go to a cross and pay a price that we could not pay. He took our sin debt 
and appease the wrath that, from God against sin that should have come upon our shoulders. Jesus took it. And for all who would turn from sin and trust in Jesus, trust in this servant, he will set you free. He will open the eyes and bring you into the light, bring you into restored relationship with his Father, where he will know peace and joy and hope forever and ever and ever. Friend, if you, if you haven't met the servant, if you haven't turned and trusted in him as Savior, Lord, and King, friend, what a... What a gift this Christmas could be to take hold of, to receive that gift, to respond to his, his grace, his calling, and to be known by him. I'd love to visit with you. Many others, any, you can just talk to anyone and say, I want to know more about what, it, what does it look like to become a follower of Jesus. Love to visit more with you. When our spiritual brokenness, Jesus came to make us whole and to bring us into relationship with God. It's like Jesus came along and he took this broken jar and Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried. Three days later, he rises from the dead. And when we come to him as broken jars and just say, God, I need you. I can't do this. I can't put... Humpty Dumpty back together. This is too messy. The guilt is too great. The pain is too, it's too much. He says, come to me, all who weary, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come to me. Come to me in your brokenness. I'll take it upon myself and I will restore you. I'll make you whole. And he does. He puts the pieces back together. And there's no makes us just makes us whole and this it's more than just being a jar it's being being a follower of Jesus and being in the family of God forever and ever and ever you know one of the symbols of Christmas is our we have them you may have them in your home we have one in our home is a Christmas tree right under the Christmas tree are our gifts. We still have some wrapping to do. We'll have some more gifts maybe under there tonight. But there is a Christmas gift that far exceeds any other gift. It's the one that's been given by God. It's a gift of his son, Jesus Christ. The gift would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a feeding trough in an unknown manger. And this gift would make its way not under a tree, but upon a tree. A tree just outside of the city of Jerusalem. And on this tree, this gift would absorb the bitter cup of God's wrath against sin for all who would turn and trust in him. And this gift, friends, was a servant. A servant who sacrificed his life so that all who turn and trust in him would receive divine justice and receive divine restoration. Like the song that we're about to sing, in Christ alone, our hope is found 
He is our light, our strength in this Christmas season, our, our song. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, the one who, who came as a servant without pomp and glitter and twinkly lights. He came in a, in a very humble state, taking the form of a servant, coming in flesh, born as a, as a child, fully knowing pain and weariness. And as fully man, he went to a cross and died. But yet as God, he fully God, he was without sin. He was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect gift. He rose from the dead that we might have life, that we might have justice that we might be reconciled to God. So God, I pray that this Christmas season, that today, tomorrow, that somewhere along the way, we would pause and behold the servant. We would behold your servant given to us that we might be made whole. In this Christmas season, again, God, we look forward to the day when Christ will will come that second time and make all things right. Well, justice will finally be completely served. Death and disease and brokenness and dysfunction, all of it will be forever vanquished. And we will dwell with you, God with us, dwelling with us perfectly throughout eternity, Emmanuel. thank you that in Christ alone is our hope. So we celebrate that gift and give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.